The biggest sports stories of the week. <laughs> so when I get my hair cut, they wax my ears, they wax my nose, okay, and they wax my eyebrows every time I get my hair cut. Okay. I literally have one eyebrow, and I've had people trip over my nose hairs. Okay. It's embarrassing yeah. when someone trips over your nose hair. Yeah, that's that's not, not cool. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. Then he, he said, I don't want to be a bum. He doesn't want to be playing and not be good anymore. And I I think that is a legitimate concern for him. And I think that for, for Rod. For the MVP yeah. of the NFL again this it, year? Right. Is he really really her, I think Aaron Rodgers should be in the uh, conversation as well for executive of the year. <laughs> Plus some fun with pop culture. Maybe that might be a- is the round, the quarterfinals. That's the metal no, round. No, Wait, can we, do we get Matt, get, call Matt Hamilton right now? Because we got to find out. This is Sunday Karma. Well, all I can tell you is I picked way better than you throughout this, Ben. So you got lucky that I have a life and I couldn't get my picks in a few times because I clearly picked way better than you. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City. The whole, uh, you know, Harper is the co-host. She hasn't been here in a year. She doesn't deserve that uh, love. She should get bumped. Here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Karmason. Um, I believe, uh, Kyle, you're back. You blessed the rains. I am back. How, how long has it been? Two did weeks? You, did you bless the rains? Uh, what does that mean? I actually had to look it up. That's why you were, you saw me like the show was supposed to start and I was on my phone. Bless the rains. What does that mean? You don't know what blessing the rains is? It's something I should have learned. I wouldn't have known either, but that's why I had to look it up. That, the song... I bless the rains down in Africa. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gonna no, no. take some time to do the things we never had. Me, 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 me. So, what, what might surprise you is that song right there. The song Africa? Yeah, that song, yeah the song Africa yeah. is not very popular in Africa. I know it's probably to surprise of a lot of us Americans because I was very surprised as well Wait, by the thing that did not know? culturally like, like. So you went to trans- Africa and we're just like blasting that song. I you went to like- Africa and I realized that there's a lot of things that I assumed would be popular there that were not. And, so Kyle and that was, was one that was not. Ble- Kyle was in Africa. He may or may not have been blessing the rains, um, the Toto song from back in the day. What was it like? It's crazy. You you went to Africa. Yes, yes. It was, uh... Now, when's the last time you were there? The last time I was in Africa? Yeah. Uh, probably my aunt, great, uh, my great, 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 great ancestors probably that, spiritually was there. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's like, the this, last time I was there. So, w- all right, so t- how, where do you fly from and how do you get there Yeah, first? no, so luckily we flew out of Milwaukee. But okay. we, uh, we had to fly in, you know, Just domestically. Direct, like, no, Milwaukee uh, to... Yeah, Nigeria, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigeria that, the, the rare Milwaukee to Nigeria. No, we had to fly a little Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago to Dulles, which is a little south of D.C., then straight to Nigeria, and then the reverse order back. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So you went Milwaukee to Chicago rather than drive to Chicago? Oh, yeah, no. fly to Dulles? We, oh, we flying, baby. It was it was nice. It was okay. a little 20-minute flight. Okay, so Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago to D.C., D.C. Uh, straight to straight, Lagos. Straight to where is it? Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos, Nigeria. So you touch down in Nigeria, and what's that like? 
Yeah, I mean it was it was beautiful. It was hot. I mean I'm not gonna lie to you. It was it was a cultural shock. Now is everyone black when you land, or is it like let me tell are you there something. a lot of white people? Craig, like let me what, tell you what's something. going on? Listen, listen. When we got to the terminal in Dulles in yeah. DC, and we walked to that international terminal, I said, Oh my gosh, I've never I've never seen so many black people in one space getting on a flight in my life. I there wait, was, wait, wait. So there just was, in DC. Just in DC I knew I was in for a treat. There was now, legitimately one Atlanta? white person. Have you ever been to Atlanta? I've been to Atlanta before, but it is nothing. I'm I'm telling you. The whole flight. Yeah. Except for maybe one person. And I don't think a flight attendant was white, to be honest, on my way there. Pilot black? Oh, that I don't know. I didn't get a okay. chance. The, I didn't get a chance to walk by first class. I, oh, I just okay. got on a plane, went straight to the right. I, so I, I didn't know if see you could pilot. tell when he's when she or he was I th- talking. I, th- like... I think it was a white pilot. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was when talking, but I was just so okay. captivated well, at the well, moment. Well, we don't know. We don't know by the voices. I mean, people listening to the show don't know between us which of us is white and which of us is black. Oh yeah, if for you sure. don't know us. No, most people don't. Most right. people don't. I'm like, oh yeah, Craig, the, the black dude that hosts the show. I said, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. The guy. That's got exactly. a brother. But yeah, Craig, I'll be honest. It was probably the first time in my life that I could go like two days without seeing white people. It was it was weird to see white people. It was like, oh, <laughs> what you doing here? One of the things like you don't belong around here. What's going on? What you doing here? So it was uh, it was very different, very cultural experience. Okay, wait. So hot. when you land at the airport, it was just like all oh, black yeah, all, people. All, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, all black people that I can remember. I don't recall seeing any white people. It was, uh, now, it was a little bit of a hustle and bustle once I got now there. Now when you the get airport. there, hustle bustle, like. Are there like because aren't there a lot of different languages going on in Africa? No, nah, nah, listen, so, let me tell you something. So were they speaking Ameri- English? They, everybody I, I speaks. I thought you were about to call it American. No, it, well, no, it, listen, it ain't American, it ain't American. But everybody speaks English. You know, we got taken care of real well. Shout out to the Olo, Ololade family for taking care of us. So as soon as we got off the flight, we had to walk a little bit, but then we had our concierge. Okay, so waiting people for were us. speaking English, so oh. you knew what was going on there. Yeah, everybody spoke English. Yes, yes. Yeah. And what? But here's the thing, though. You think, like, I go a lot of places, and sometimes I might, like, when I went to Brazil, some people talked to us in Portuguese because they thought we may be Brazilian. Yeah. When you go to Africa and you black, oh, they know they know you when they see you. They, oh, yeah, he's American. Oh, we were a target. They they shook us down, Craig. We got shook down. And people at the airport trying to help you and all that. You think they're being nice? No, it's a shakedown. They... Give me a little bit. I was like, oh man, y'all ain't y'all finna run my pocket before now, I get the money. Now, how they know you're American? Just like just from by, what, you your just, clothes, you or? can just tell. You can just tell. And then on top of that, what I realized is, is you gotta be at least middle class to travel to Africa, and they know it. Like the Africans know, if you here traveling, you got a little something. Like that's the expectations that you got a little money in your pockets. I'm broke, but you know I was able to fly for free based off my flight points. So right, it but, worked I out. Mean, it makes sense. I mean, because it's. I mean that that is a smart intuition by yes. them, right? Because you're. I mean, that's an expensive flight from wherever you're getting to. Yeah, that's eleven hundred. Yeah, which is expensive, but I mean, it's still decent, right? Yeah. So okay. So yeah. I mean, it's a good that I feel like sounds like a good deal to yeah. get there. It, it costs like eleven hundred bucks to fly to like. Kansas City right now, oh, well, much well. less like haven't try, tried to fly to Kansas try, City. Trying right to now. get to Africa, so wait, so then, and what was sports like? Obviously, the World Cups going on was Morocco. Like, was that a big thing? Because nah. like they're the first African team to like make it as far as they did in the World Cup. Like, what was going on? Yeah, no, sports wise, uh, another thing I learned is that uh, nothing other than soccer lives there. The football could be. I mean, they could care less about football, basketball. Wait, wait, wait. They you don't care about. about they, so- American football. American football. Okay. They don't care about American football. They don't care about American. You like Giannis? He's Nigerian. You would think people would know who he is. Nobody knew who Giannis was. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Milwaukee, the place where Giannis onto the Kumbo. They said, ah, really? Soccer, yeah, football. We just like football. 
Yeah, no, they don't. They don't know who Giannis is. They know who LeBron is. They don't know who Giannis is. They don't follow football. Aaron Rodgers could just be any old body right, right, in right. Nigeria. It is purely see. I think football. I thought the NBA guys would be known. No, with Joel Embiid. And, no, you know, and, and no, Pascal Siakam and no. no, they they don't care about anything but now. Football now you were just in one country, soccer. or were you? In I was multiple in. Countries? No, I was in Lagos. I was in Nigeria, and so Nigeria is a pretty heavily populated city. The city alone in Nigeria has 11 million people. I mean, Nigeria is where Giannis is from. Well, he's not from there. His parents are from there, and his older brother is from there, right? And I think his older brothers he still live there. Yeah, I, no, but Giannis I thought was born in Greece. I thought he was born in Greece as well. I mean, you saw the movie, I did. Right, right, I did. But now you're making me question the movie I, of when. I thought if Giannis just did they born. move did they move there? I don't know. I thought some of the boys were born in Greece. I, I thought everybody but but the oldest one was born in uh Greece. But I I don't know. Even if he was born there, it doesn't matter. They, he he is not a he is not a son of Nigeria. I can tell you that right now. He is not a son of Nigeria. Ah, if that's you do not surprising. play soccer, it is you are not a son of football, Nigeria. Football, football, football. Football, football. Actually, you know what? Nigeria can't beat us in soccer. So football. I'm gonna call it soccer. They didn't make the World Cup, we did. As I told them that I said, Y'all make the World Cup? All right. All right, we soccer. It's soccer. That's what I'm calling it. That's what I'm doing. You I, ugly I pulled American. The, yeah, I sure, You're ugly American. I sure was an ugly American, but it was beautiful there, Craig. I enjoyed just being around the culture, being around the people. It was, it was again, you, you mentioned the whole black thing. That was something that was different, just being around nothing but black people. I, I just, I realized a lot during that time. I really did. It was a cultural experience for you me. You think about not coming back? Absolutely not. I love America. <laughs> I love, I, listen, I couldn't wait to get to America. Here's the thing. What did you miss the most? Oh, the, being able to eat whatever I wanted to in the clean air. The air is not clean there. Air quality there is terrible. Really? Oh, listen. So I you have, had to wear a mask or what? Or I you just, should have. Yeah. I have I have respiratory issues, but it's like sports induced sometimes. So I never really took an inhaler. Yeah. Uh, and I never just diagnosed with asthma, just respiratory problems. Yeah. I got there and I'm like, something wrong with my chest. And my guy sister, the one who got married, she actually uses an inhaler once in a while here in yeah. America. She uses it every day there because the air quality in Lagos, I mean, we could forget about saving the planet. That's the biggest thing I learned. We might as well forget about trying to get rid of pollution because if that's what other countries are doing, pure diesel gas everywhere. Everywhere you go, it smells like just pure air that smells like gas. Now, were you seeing people like carrying water and stuff? Oh, yeah. Or were no. you like in the city? Oh, like... no. We, no, we saw people carrying stuff on their head. Yeah, people yeah, that's what I was wondering. Hustling. So people, people carrying stuff on their head. Listen, it's hustle. It's hustling. Imagine New York City times 10. And let me tell you. Now, you said you got scammed? That's like that. Did you actually get scammed? I didn't, I didn't get scammed. I got, they just try to shake you down for like, money. Like, they're like, oh, here, I'll help you with this. And they here, give me money. Like, no, no, no. So, no. So, everything they do is legit. Like, it's legit. They just are trying to hustle. So, if if you got some bags and they hold it for you, they want to be paid for it. They just want to yeah. be paid for their time. So, you got to tell them a lot of no, no. And I was wondering why Nigerians there were so aggressive, like, sit down, move, and all that, like, very direct. You yeah. know me, I'm kind of like a nice person. You got to be very direct to people. No, move, no, no. Go ahead. I ain't got it right now. Like, come on. Sound like now. you're talking to your dog. Yeah, no, no, for real though. That's the way I felt. I felt like the lady in the airport was being very disrespectful to people, but I realized that's just the way that you have to speak to people because you have to be very direct. I had to tell some little kids, like, listen, I tried to give out some money to one, then come like 15. I said, listen, y'all got to move. It's like when move. you give like some like bread to the birds at the beach, like when they, then all of a sudden they, they're swarming. They, 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 that is what it is. They just, you know, they thought I was going to be one to give them money, and I was until 15 others came, and I didn't have enough money to spend. That first kid looked so cute, though, right? Like you yeah, were like, it was man, adorable. I got it. was dancing, Craig. It was getting it. I kind of felt kind of bad because I was like, they, you know, you 
got these people dancing for you. And I'm like, I really don't need all this, but this is beautiful. And I recorded it. I'll show you the video. Oh, then once you record it, you got to throw them a little bit. Well, that's what you Now, what think, about the so conversions? Were you using American dollars or what did you do no, with your money? So yeah, every one U.S. dollar is about 700 nairs. Yeah. But again, Legos is not cheap. So everything is just about even with expense. Oh, okay. And then so you when didn't you feel to, like you were rich all of a sudden. Like, hey, I got 700 bucks in yeah, here. You, you I, feel I, like you're rich, forever. You, you're not. Because you just all of a sudden it just kind of goes. The whole, the last hotel we went to, their prices said one thing on the menu. But when they charged you, it was different. They had the American prices. They said, oh. So they took away the menu. Because you know us Americans. We're like, wait, wait, wait. That's what they say on the menu. What are you talking about? You changed the price. Those are older prices. We're like, no, those are the same. They don't know. No, my mom and dad don't play. So yeah. they tried to charge me double for my meal. And I was feeling a little sick from eating some of the food there. Because yeah. their food is fresh. If you eat home-cooked meal, we saw the cow that was cooked the next day for the wedding, roaming in the backyard. No way. I didn't see. I didn't know that, Craig. So I ate the chicken. I didn't know the chicken was roaming around in the morning time. But so, shouldn't that be better if it's fresh, Craig? My, our American bodies aren't used to that that freshness of food. We saw a goat. I was, mean, that's some farm to table. It like was farm to table to the extreme, Craig. We ate goat. I didn't eat goat. My brother and some <laughs> other people ate goat. The goats. Like, had like Tom Brady Listen, or Michael Jordan. It might as well been goat. Tom, it might as well been Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. Uh, but the goat was in a bag. They took it out, put it on a table, chopped his head off, skinned it Come right on there. Now. Skinned it right there. I saw the you skeleton. You're talking on Sunday morning about chopping the head off the goat. That's what are you they saying did. the Bengals are gonna cover the spread against Tom Brady? I, or are you talking about a trip to Africa well, right I, now? I, I, I don't that, even know what's going on now. I think he's gonna get his head chopped off well, in the little game sense the way that this goat <laughs> did. And they literally they skinned it and cooked it right there. Sanitation wise, probably not the most sanitary cutting it right there. All right, there, there you have it. There's your cover five picks. There it is. Kyle Wallace says the goat's getting his head chopped off it, like it didn't. Africa. Like it did in Nigeria, but it was a great experience. I would tell people definitely go to Nigeria or would you go tell somewhere. white people to go. Yeah, go, yeah, go to the, yeah, white people can go. I mean, right. you stand out like a. I mean, you'll stand out, but I mean, they'll take care of you. Nobody. I didn't feel not safe. Guns are illegal there. I had security. I had the guys with the guns, so I felt whoa, pretty whoa, safe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For, so you, see, that's that's I feel different. Like, so why do you feel different? Because like for me, when you're like like I've been like, oh yeah, I feel real safe places. But it's not followed by, it's because I was the guy with the guns. Oh, no. Like, I, if you need guns, to me, you ain't safe. The guns is to keep the people from begging around you. That's all it is. Like, cause they so look, you had to, like, show your Glock, like, or, or they were going to ask for, like, a dollar? Really? Or so, 700, whatever, so Leons? Traffic, traffic there is pretty, pretty, like, driving there is crazy. Well, if you, I have a video I can show you. Traffic there and driving is crazy. Now, it's you like, didn't drive yourself, no, did oh, you? Oh, heavens no, I would never drive. Okay, okay. You just can't. It's just, it's literally people cutting people off nonstop. Yeah. And so you, and for us, in order to get through traffic efficiently, you need to have security, because sometimes security got to get out and tell traffic to stop so you can get around. So we had security uh, escorts and stuff throughout, because uh, we had to drive about four yeah, hours. Yeah, but, but people didn't think you were rich. <laughs> like, no, oh, no, I mean, you don't need to be rich to be that. You just need to be kind of, you're, you're richer than they are. That's yeah, what they okay. understand that. So okay. I felt safe. I I mean, even without the people with the guns, I still felt safe. And then my last comment is this, and it might come off as a little offensive. Let me know if it's offensive. What I realize is in this world that we have racism here in America, but classism lives everywhere. And so, like, the rich black Africans would look at the regular people like, oh, I don't really, really want to be around them and things like that. And I really found that classism was a, a big thing. They were very scared. I'm like, can we get out the car here or anything? They're like, I don't know. It may not be a safe area. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I feel like around like, one of these suburban kids. Right. Gonna, they're like, oh, well, you can't get out here. There's black people here. No, You're like, but everyone's black. That, What's no, going on? That, I'm like, what? I said, y'all acting scared. I'm from Milwaukee. Like, I ain't worried about nothing like that. Like, people get so, killed for so real So is your from. point kind of that? I just want to go deep on this. Is that you, is your point on that 
that maybe some of what we take as racism here might more be classism because it's more like because because that you feel like that exists everywhere. Yes, classism exists everywhere. The only difference is here in America that you get, and this is this is going. This is not going deep, but. Wealthy people and going to Whitefish Bay, I realize wealthy people don't. And ha- Whitefish Bay is is Kyle's high school in the Milwaukee area yeah, where yes. he went. And so I'm just gonna say it: a lot of Whitefish Bay kids that I went to school with, they wouldn't be hanging out in places that you know, no, no knock on like a, a South Side of Milwaukee or South South suburbs. Yeah. But a lot of times, because of the lifestyles that the difference in lifestyles that they have, they're not best friends with people from South Milwaukee all the time because they have two different lifestyles that they live in that they're accustomed to. Right, and so. The difference in America is is that you have that classism built in. But where I see in America, I feel like sometimes the whiteness of certain people, just because you're white makes you feel like you're on the same level as somebody from Whitefish Bay, where the Whitefish Bay people don't see that. You get what I'm saying? Like the okay. level of income separates. Because, I, listen, I went to school with these folks, and they wouldn't they wouldn't hang out with certain people. And same thing in, in Nigeria is your level of class that you attain will keep you from even interacting with certain people from a different level class. Yeah, there you have it. And so that's what I learned there. And I was in the high class in Nigeria, and it was nice to be in the high class. Oh, yeah. See, I, I don't know. If, would I, if I went, would I be like in the low class? No, no, Craig. You'd be in the high class. You'd still be a high class uh, mm. uh, colonizer, so that's okay. I, I don't know. I feel like I might be like the goat. <laughs> no, yeah, they wouldn't. No, I they, might come back they, my head chopped no, off. They like, like, no, they like white people there. Mm-hmm. No, they like them. They just, you know, don't have them frequent too often. But this is white people <laughs> at some of the restaurants I went to. Very good. The restaurants are delicious. Just don't eat anything. What did you call it? Farm to table. Yeah. Too fresh. Don't eat that. That's how I got sick. On SportsCenter, uh, we had a great goat for uh, breakfast, and Craig Carson's head got chopped off. Them Africans will love you, Craig, because you would probably tip them very well. All right, we have, uh, speaking of uh, football, we got to, I want to check in on football and see what people think of football. We will talk about football because France hasn't even had a shot on goal, and we're in the second half of the World Cup. What's going on? It is uh, Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. On ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Yep. Way too big. Yeah. Burner boy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've been saying that. You that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. From the jump, I've been saying that. I don't know why you don't even know. You are way too big in uh, cover five. I'm not going to lie. Uh, by the way, uh, Morocco did lose, and uh, they had the third place game yesterday. So uh, an African nation team has not placed first, second, or third in the World Cup as it was uh, Croatia getting third place. Right now, as I said, not only does France not have a shot on goal, they don't actually have, they've not registered a shot in this match. Argentina, eight shots, five on goal, uh, three on goal in the first half, five on goal now, including the second half. They registered both of their goals in the first half, including the penalty for Messi. It is Argentina two, France zero. 
So Kyle, I don't know about you, and and since you went to Whitefish Bay, you mentioned in high school, you were around uh, more of a uh, proper football, uh, you know, not just American football, because I would think there was a bunch of like youth kids playing playing that in uh, in Whitefish Bay. But like when I was a kid forty years ago, I played for like one two, like I don't know when I was five and when I was six, and the whole thing back then was, you know, oh. Soccer is going to be the thing, like, because all, all the kids are playing soccer now. So a generation from now, it's going to be a big thing. I don't know. I'm sitting here today, and I call it football, but um, I'm sitting here today, and I don't know. 40 years later, it kind of feels the same to me. feels like a bunch of kids play. Sure, more people watch the Premier League than they ever had back in the day. Like, we, we weren't following that, like, the way people do now. I don't know, Major League Soccer, there's more teams and like billionaires pay a lot of money for the teams. I don't know that the relevance has changed in like 40 years. Um, do you feel like it has? Like, I mean, if it has, it's a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it has. And when it's... I was a kid, they're like Pele was playing for the Cosmos and like, they're like, oh yeah, so- soccer's going to be the thing. And like, I feel like that that's always what they're saying is soccer's going to be the thing. I, I don't know. I don't feel like. Like in Atlanta, maybe there's like a few cities like Portland, Seattle, Kansas City, Columbus. Yeah. I guess maybe it has in certain cities, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it, it's happening in the 40 years the way it was supposed to. I mean, I can't speak on the 40 years that you speak of because I wasn't around to see it at that time. But what I can speak on is from my youth until now, I definitely feel like when I grew up as a kid, you didn't see kids walking around with soccer jerseys all the time in school. Yeah. That just wasn't the thing. Whereas the Premier League ship, FIFA soccer as well, really helped grow the game at a younger age where more people are actually. And by the fans. way, right now, so we're in the Third the Third Street Market uh, where our studios are in downtown Milwaukee. And there were a bunch of people, I don't know if when you walk by, yeah. who came here this morning to watch this World Cup Finals game. Were there, were now in 19, before 1994, so in 1990, were there people at bars, wherever you were at the time, and you might not have been old enough to go to a bar. Yeah, but, we didn't do that. And like that's a Wisconsin thing where like twelve year olds go to bars. So well, I wasn't going to bars. Well, what, what I'm saying is that people weren't just gathering to watch World Cup games, shutting down streets like they do on Brady Street or um, I forgot. I think that's Oakland or something like that in Shorewood, just to watch soccer games, and not even just Team USA, but just to watch important soccer games. Or people waking up at six a.m. and going to a bar on a Sunday to watch a soccer game. I feel like that wasn't a thing at least in Milwaukee that they were potentially doing back then that's why I said the popularity has grown are we better at are we I better at soccer right. I feel, absolutely I, I feel you and and the US team is on the brink of being good now I mean oh, they it, are was, it was such a young right team there. it was such a young team so I guess you're right it's just like I don't know it's just felt like for 40 years it's like all right it's about to be big it's about to be big it's about to be big it's it will, about to be big it will never be top dog in America it's never going to be more popular than baseball it's never going to be more popular than so football So you don't think it gets to baseball? I don't think it's it, it, it past hockey? Has it already passed hockey? I think it's past hockey in my view personally yeah. but I mean but the, I'm not a hockey guy but I mean when it comes to the top sports Soccer is never going to be one of those elite sports. Baseball forever and will you be won't a call traditional football? sport. Like, is there a no, point where you're like, all right, I'll call football? It's soccer. I live in America. I'm born and raised in America. We call it soccer here. Now, when I'm overseas or something like that, I may call it football. Yeah. But it, it's soccer to me. Yeah. All right. I don't call it America, football Americano. No. <laughs> it's football, baby. I don't know. I mean, just. We, since we I, use our hands for football. I, so. It seems like you didn't become more worldly from being in Africa. You just instilled your Americanism, like just got locked in more, that much stronger. You know, Craig, I've been a lot of places, and uh, there's one common thing when I come back to America. 
I become really American arrogant <laughs> because I'm just so happy to be back home to lay in my own bed and relax and just be be around space. There's nothing greater than having a whole bunch of land that you don't use. Like that's the one thing I learned. I just love having space and looking to my left and seeing trees and not seeing just all small streets, even in Europe. So you were, kissing, small. you were kissing the ground when, uh, you, when I, you landed, I was pretty so, much. I was like, America, thank goodness. I'm even in Wisconsin there. in December. I it's couldn't cold. wait to touch the cold weather. I got off. The, I walked off the plane in D.C. So it was a little chilly, but it felt good. Yeah, I could feel that American air. All right. Well, we can feel Jason Wildy, who's coming up next, which I don't know. I got a little sad about the Packers when I was looking this morning. I was like playing out all the scenarios of the Commanders and the Giants and Lions and We'll talk to Jason about what's going on tomorrow night with Packers on Monday Night Football and also the hopes of a Packers postseason. With Jason Wildes, we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wildey is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. France does have a shot on goal. A uh, shot, not a shot on goal, but France does have a shot now. They still trail. Argentina 2-0. We are in to the 72nd minute of the World Cup Finals. Argentina leading 2-0 in the biggest football game in the world. Uh, second biggest one is uh, going to be quarterbacked by Baker Mayfield tomorrow night in uh, Green Bay, Jason. Um, big stuff happening, Packers-Rams. Uh, oh, no, not really. I mean, amazing what one year a difference with these two teams. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the Rams, you look at and you see the injuries. It's less understandable what's happened to the Packers. Yeah, I'm guessing that the NFL and ESPN executives, when they said, oh, we're going to do a mid to late December Monday night game between the Packers, who were the number one seed in the NFC, and the Rams, who won the whole shooting match, uh, what a great game to have on Monday night. And now it's 4-9 and nine versus 5-8, and eight, and it's Baker Mayfield, at least with more than two days before playing in a game. For his new team and it's Aaron Rodgers trying to convince himself that they can put up 30 a game and win out. Yeah. And I was looking at it today. I'm starting to like feel less uh, positive, even if they win out that they can, that they can make the playoffs. Like I, I, I had gotten myself to like, where looking at Miami and different things like that. They actually could win out. But now I'm right. thinking, all right, loser of that game today between or the New York, uh, the Giants uh, commanders game. Right. Correct. So yeah. that team, whoever loses, has to then lose out for the Packers to make the playoffs, basically. Right. And then you also um, need the Lions, Right. Because if if that. No, the, they're seven. They're both seven, five and one. Right. So that whoever loses will be seven, six and one. 
if they only win one game, then they're their final eight, three. Oh, so they're so eight, they're eight, eight and one. So then they could still one. okay. So they can't win more than one. Correct. The the most they can win is one because the Packers that tie between those two teams really hurts the Packers because the Packers could get to nine and eight, but if one team goes, you know, to gets to ten wins. And the other one goes nine, seven, and one. Obviously, the Packers. Are okay. Well, now you got end. me back feeling better because I don't think well, I'm e- here to help. I don't think either of those teams has two wins left in them after today because I've looked at those schedules. So then that is one slot that opens up in the playoffs, which seems like a natural spot for either Seattle or Detroit, right? Seattle, who's sitting there at seven and seven. So then you look right. at Seattle's schedule; they have to go to Kansas City, which feels like a loss. They have home Rams, which feels like a win. So that means they're eight and eight. The middle game in between there on January one is home for them against the Jets, which is a obviously would be a huge, huge game that either puts them at nine and eight or eight and nine. So if the Packers meet Seattle in the middle there, Seattle will have uh, have gone to seven and six in the uh, conference. And I don't know, does that, do we know Seattle Packers tiebreakers? Are we there yet in terms of uh, figuring that stuff out? Here's the the reason I have not dug into that part of the equation. How how confident are you, especially after watching Miami's offense last night? I know they lost uh, in snowy Buffalo, but how confident are you that this Packers team is capable of winning their next four games starting tomorrow night? So, I feel good I, I about feel tomorrow. Like do you? Do, how do you feel about I tomorrow? Do, I do as well. I feel fine about tomorrow. I feel like my, really my good man. about tomorrow, which sometimes is scary with this Packers team. That's also fair. So to me, and Rogers said it this week, he said, you know, we, we win on Monday night, we go to Miami and win, and then things really get interesting, which I think is the perfect way to put it because he doesn't have the belief in this team to come out and say, then we can run the table. He knows that that Miami game is the kind of fulcrum game of making hope become confidence or your season is done. Because if they lose that and then the best they can be is eight and nine, I don't, I think it's pretty obvious they can't get in. So the question that Tausch and I asked a couple times during the course of the week was how it's not whether or not you think the other pieces could fall into place. Cause I think they will. I, I I'm glad I got you back on board because I really do think that they can get the help they need. It's, can you know? Can they help themselves by actually winning these four games? And you know, if they win in Miami, then you've got two games at home. Wait, 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 Minnesota wait, wait. But where are you with the Lions? Because do you, so? Do you I'm think the Lions will lose? Yet. So you think the Lions is are a good home team? They lose on the road to the Jets today. So then they're six and eight. Mm-hmm. And then if the Packers mm-hmm. beat them, that they give them their ninth loss. So then you think the Lions right. kind of eliminate themselves today? And and I'm a I am a believer that they are an improved team. They obviously have some things going well for them, but they were one and six not that long ago, right? And now they're six and seven, which is obviously a great run. But I'm not entirely certain that they're as good as kind of look. The Lions haven't been good in a long time, right? They had what was that 14 when they had a pretty good team and lost in that postseason where everyone had a greater heartbreak the next week, like. The Cowboys beat the Lions on kind of a quirky deal, and then the Packers beat the Cowboys with Dez's catch or no catch, and the Packers had the meltdown in Seattle, and then Seattle lost the Super Bowl on the interception at the goal line. 
like it was this increasing level of heartbreak from the NFC side of the bracket. The, people are excited about the Lions. They're a great story, and people like Dan Campbell, and their offense has been entertaining. I'm still not convinced that they're as good as they feel like people feel like they are right now because of what they've done. Now, if they beat the, they beat the Jets today, uh, I will have to change my tune. But I'm going to wait to change my tune until I see that actually happen. Yeah, and, and if you look at the numbers, like the analytics type stuff, it's crazy. It almost has the Jets winning two. Out of, so the Jets are a bigger favorite in this game against the Lions than the Dolphins are against the Packers. I mean, does that surprise you? I mean, well, I, I think it should because, the I mean, the Jets are like only a one-point favorite and the Dolphins could be a, a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite against the Packers. But the analytics show the Jets being that much better than the Lions as compared to like a 60-40 advantage of the Dolphins against the Packers, which is what makes me think the Packers at least have a chance. Yeah, and, and obviously Robert Sala does too because Robert Sala, I don't know if he guaranteed that they were going to play in the playoffs, but he made that comment about seeing the Bills again. I don't know if it's analytics or just his belief in his team, but uh, I, I think now I don't know what, Zach Wilson's going to play like today, right? I mean, now he's got to start after everything that's happened in New York. But I'm, I am a bigger believer in the Jets than I am in the Lions, and we'll find out today if that's misplaced by me. As we chat with Jason Wildey leading into Monday Night Football as the Packers take on the Rams. And, you know, is, are the Packers good enough for us to be thinking this way about them, right? I think we... Think back to that, you know, Giants second half, the the Lions game. I mean, I mean, are they are we giving the Packers too much credit to say like, all right, they're just going to beat the Rams? It's a home game. It's going to be cold. The Packers, like we've seen this before, they're going to win going away. And speaking of going away, the two goal lead has gone away. Penalty shot converted for France. And we have a two-to-one game. Jason, are you into the World Cup? I haven't watched a single second of it. Um, Not necessarily on purpose, just how our schedules and basketball and Nutcracker and everything else have worked out. Yeah, well, it has been a slow going for uh, the offense of France, but they get the penalty and they convert it. It is two-to-one in the 81st minute, of course, it's Mbappe uh, who uh, scores the goal for France, and it's a 2-1 game, uh, 10 minutes plus added time still to go in that. But I guess, do you see a scenario where Baker Mayfield pulls out another one on Monday night? Well, I don't know if I believe in board uh, fodder or not, but uh, we were standing and talking to Jair Alexander yesterday, and um Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com mentioned that the last time they played Baker Mayfield was on Christmas last year at Lambeau. Uh, Jair didn't play in that game, uh, but they had four interceptions, and they still almost lost, right? The, I think the final was 24-22 Packers against the Browns, and Jair said, well, you know, with the right uh, game plan, we could get seven interceptions against him uh, on Monday night. So, look, I, I thought it was a great start. Wait, 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 wait. Mayfield. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah. This is this is real. What just happened, Kyle? Mbappe just scored his second goal in the last minute and a half. If 
This appears to be onside. I think we have a world. I think we have a World Cup that is now tied at two, with about eight minutes, uh, seven minutes plus added time to go. This it was a two nothing game. France had had one shot, not even a shot on goal for the entire game, and then they draw a penalty in the eighty first minute, and then. It is, or I guess in the 80th minute, uh, they get the penalty. And then about two minutes later, just an incredible effort to get a second goal. And we now have a World Cup finals that is tied with 10 minutes to go. Mbappe with two goals in a two-minute period. And this is absolutely bonkers in Qatar right now. So is this is this uh, as a as a soccer aficionado like you are, and and I covered University of Wisconsin men's and women's soccer early in my career a ton. Obviously, I have a soccer player in my house, not to this level. Is this what makes the beautiful game beautiful, or is this what makes the beautiful game frustrating that you can control a game for most of it, and a couple of bounces or a couple of key moments suddenly now doesn't matter how well you've outplayed your opponent, suddenly now you're tied. It's what makes it amazing because Argentina had had 52% of the possession throughout the game and France had had 48%. So it was even. France just hadn't been figuring out how to turn any of them into shots. But now six shots on goal for Argentina, two for France, and we have a 2-2 game. It it is what makes it the most gut-wrenching of gut-wrenching sports. It Uh makes it a sport where... Either team, you know, can win, but these are relatively evenly matched teams who now, as we're in, you know, the 82nd minute, are tied at two World Cup finals. Argentina looking to put a shot on goal right now, but uh, that's turned away. Argentina and France tied at two. All right, we'll get back to Jason Wilde and Jair Alexander's uh, guaranteed seven interceptions uh, against Baker Mayfield tonight, uh, tomorrow night. As we continue, it is Jason Wilde brought to us by Boucher Automotive, where they ride with you every mile. Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. If you fall in love, Kelly Satin, you go to breakfast, I'm not capping. Can you see dripple, I'm not catching. I'm not faking this, no fugazi. You see these feelings, I'm not catching. I'm a quest and fit, I just want the happiness. If I broke now my business. Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Kyle back from Africa. Jason Wilde back from a week off that we gave him uh, with the Packers by. And you were saying it is, uh, and we are keeping you up to date as uh, Argentina and France are in the 89th minute, uh, 2-2 tie uh, in the World Cup finals. But uh, Jason, uh, Jair Alexander had some things to say about uh, Baker Mayfield and his upcoming uh, game against the Packers, I understand, uh, against the Rams, I understand. He, he did, and and you you do such a better job of multitasking when a game is on a television than my boy Tausch does, who uh, 
we just lose him from time to time when he's distracted. Um, yeah, so, look, I, I think if we're being honest about Jair Alexander's season, and I don't know if Jair Alexander's been honest about it, but it's been a disappointment. He has not played well. Uh, he's given up some plays that we're not accustomed to seeing him give up. We have also seen him, quite frankly, um, talk a lot and not back it up. And we've seen him struggle to tackle. Um, I, and I was talking with Jerry Gray, their defensive backs coach, during the week. And he basically acknowledged that Jair Alexander has, is that kind of a point where he's afraid to tackle by wrapping up, which is how he got injured against Najee Harris from Pittsburgh by a season and ended up missing all those games. So it has not been a great year, but he continues to talk. And obviously uh, yesterday uh, he said that they could get seven interceptions on Baker Mayfield tomorrow night, which again, he is, that is his personality. We all kind of, I don't want to say roll our eyes at it, but it is, it is bulletin board material. And if I'm Baker Mayfield, uh, I don't roll my eyes at it. I get motivated by it. So um, seven interceptions is a lot for a team that has 10 on the season. Um, and it's a lot of confidence being exuded by a guy who has four of those interceptions, including one against Chicago two weeks ago after he'd gotten beaten deep, not once but twice for big plays. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield has only thrown six interceptions this year, but it's interesting just to see him playing with Sean McVay, who's been seen as a genius, right? He took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl, and now he has a week with him, which is not a full off season. But that's why I'm just thinking, like, am I not giving credit to what, you know, what McVay is and what Baker Mayfield is a former well, number one pick is that, that they could come in and beat a, a mediocre Packer team? Because I'm seeing this as the Packers are going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can see the Packers that way against any team the way they've played this season. They, they have not shown that they deserve that type of, faith or confidence in them. I mean, they've got five wins and 40% of them are against the bears. And for as much confidence as they seem to glean from that win over the bears, let's not forget they were down 16 to three and 19 to 10 in that game. Uh, and much like the bears, the Rams are a shell of the team. They would be if they were healthy or in the bears case, not traded away a bunch of their best players. So um, no, I don't think you can, be overconfident if you're a Packers fan getting ready for this game tomorrow night. I agree with you on Baker Mayfield. One of the the story that we heard during the Thursday night game, uh, Joe Barry told it again during the week about how all the assistant coaches from the Rams on their way to the scouting combine in 2018 were back in coach, but Sean McVay sat in first class and next to him was Baker Mayfield who had been training in LA for the draft. Uh, he flew out to the combine and he happened to be on that same flight. And Sean McVay loved it. They obviously weren't in position to draft him at that point, but Sean McVay's really excited to have him on his team. And that's a team that we don't know what the future is for Matthew Stafford. So I wouldn't be surprised if this maybe turns out to be a place where Baker Mayfield could start his next chapter beyond just these last few games. And if that's the case, I, I, I am very curious about what he can do with Sean McVay because this is an offense We've seen it with San Francisco. We've seen it with other teams. It's what makes me wonder what would happen with a Jordan Love-led version of this offense, that you can be a guy who isn't a Hall of Fame player but can be really productive in this game. So then we go back to the Packers and their offense, which 
struggled through the majority of that game against the Bears. What do we see from the Packers' offense tomorrow night? Well, uh, you know, it was really funny because when Rodgers talked at his locker, one of us asked him, you know, what's, what's different about this offense? You know, he had just said that he thought they could score 30 a game and that they needed to. Uh, so that way it doesn't matter what the defense does, which I think says how their confidence is in their defense right now. Um, and the person who asked the question said, you know, obviously Christian Watson has emerged, but what besides Christian gives you this confidence? And his response was, Christian. <laughs> I mean, that's how much of a field tilter Rogers views Christian Watson as being. And so I think they they need him. So why doesn't he get the ball not. more? And, and maybe this is right. a weird perception from me, but I don't it's know. Not. When right. I watch them, I, you know, he's never had 10 targets in a game. Like, he's not. He's, his eight, Craig, his eight touchdowns are on 17 touchdowns. I mean, that, that says one of two things. Either A, they have not found more ways to get him the football, or B, much like MVS, right now they see him as a downfield threat who's taking coverage away from underneath stuff, and then they're getting him the ball on occasion. For him to be that big of a difference maker, they have to get him the ball. Like, like the touchdown he had from Love, those, those are the kinds of plays that you need to see more him, him have more opportunities to make. He's not always going to turn them all into 63-yard touchdowns. But a 10-yard pass across the middle that becomes a 25-yard gain, those are the kinds of plays that can get this offense going. The other thing to remember is that they're going to have Romeo Dobbs tomorrow night, who was their leading receiver in terms of receptions going into uh, Detroit when he got hurt. And so this will be the first time since week two that they will have every one of their wide receivers available to them. Cobb will be health, has been healthy. Lazard has been playing with a shoulder injury. Obviously, we know Watson and the time he's missed. Now Dobbs with the time he's missed. Sammy Watkins is still on the periphery there. Um, but they, even without Watkins, even without Watkins, that is that is kind of exciting, right? Because Dobbs, we were starting right. to think reasonably right. high of, and that was when Watson was non-existent. So if you do have a healthy Cobb, who for a while I feel like he was the number one receiver, all of a sudden you you do have some options there, and you know Tunyon still you know hasn't really ever emerged this year as you know. Is anything other than and yet know. he's caught forty five balls like that's the like their 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 statistics going into this game uh, from a receiving perspective is Aaron Jones forty six catches Lazard and Tunyon forty five catches apiece yeah but, but, you're right about but Jason Tunyon in this yeah in this day right, and age he, tight ends can average like 13, 14 yards, you know, a catch. And Tunyon's at like eight. He's not the same, right. He's not the same. I mean, and I think if you're looking for reasons why their offense has not been what maybe you were hoping it would be, you know, we spent so much time focusing on the two offensive linemen coming back from ACLs. I don't think we appreciated how much it has robbed Tunyon of what he's best at. And I don't know if that'll be the case next year. I don't know if that'll be the case for him, whether he's in Green Bay or he's playing somewhere else next year because he's a free agent. But when you think about the player he was in 2020, he was a really, really good player for them. He was a difference maker for them. And he obviously, despite catching 45 balls this year, has not been a difference maker on offense for them. Well, and I feel like it's been a disappointing year for both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I know Dillon had a big week last week, but, I mean, do you agree with that? 
I don't think it's been a disappointing year for Aaron Jones other than the fact that they have not gotten him the ball frequently enough in some of those early season games. Yep. So totally, I mean, totally. He's on, he's, I mean, he's averaging he's five a, yards a carry. He's going to go to get a thousand uh, yards. Uh, yeah, I get uh-huh. it. And he's and he's leading them in receiving. But again, I don't think your point is necessarily wrong. It's just that they have not utilized him despite all those numbers. And Lafleur knows that he's admitted it after a bunch of games. They haven't utilized him enough. I would agree on on Dylan. He had a he had a he ran behind. You keep after the games where he is productive. You hear Rodgers and Lafleur say he ran behind his pass. But then there's games where he doesn't, and he he actually plays like a smaller player instead of a bruising running back that he is. And they need him to be the guy that he was against the Bears down these last four games because when he does that. He really is an important piece of what they do. And uh, Jason, you've uh, re-given me hope. Uh, when I've looked at the, I've looked at all the schedules, and uh, the Packers are forty point one percent to beat the Dolphins. And uh, and I'm uh, I'm where Aaron is right now. All we need is that uh, four and six chance, four and ten chance to happen. And all of a sudden, uh, things could get interesting, as they always are when we talk to Jason Wildey. Thanks so much, Jason. All right, buddy. Thanks. Take care. Be good. There he is, Jason Wildy. You can follow him at Jason J. Wildy and uh, catch him before and after every Packer game and listen to him on Wildy and Tausch, 9 to Nude on ESPN Wisconsin. We have our 7 at 11 next. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.